Hey, Six and Stones fans, welcome to episode eight. This episode is brought to you by Ultima Replenisher. Ultima is an electrolyte replenisher made with six electrolytes, minerals, real fruit, flavor extracts, plant-based colors and sweetener with organic stevia leaf. Without sugar, carbs, or calories, their vegan electrolyte powder is your go-to choice for healthy hydration and replenishment for before, during, and after exercise. On that note, Gino, how was your weekend? Where are we at right now in college lacrosse? Pretty crazy stuff going on right now. Yeah, weekend. Um, it was good. Got the dub on Saturday. And then uh, game got pushed back a little bit from Flagler's bus breaking down. So it was a little bit of a later game. But um, had a good little night on the town afterwards. And, and that was good. And then got a little couple of days off for spring break and shipped it back home for a little bit. And so uh, feeling good. What about you? Yeah, it was good. Um, I was up in New Jersey this weekend. Um, obviously not great circumstances, but it was good to see um, some friends and family up there. Um, but yeah, it was cold. It was snowing like crazy. So that wasn't wasn't fun at all. Um, but I'm happy to be back in the Sunshine State, ready for another awesome week of games. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm currently watching one right now. St. Leo Women's playing right now. Shout out number six. Um, girls killing it. Um, but yeah, they're they're having a tough little stretch here, but hopefully they can figure it out as well. Yeah. Um, you know, before we dive into the D1 games, talk about D2. LeMoyne losing to SSC um, player in uh, Florida Southern. I, I'm like literally lost for words after I, after I saw that and don't even know how to phrase it in the right way because Florida Southern was having a good year, but they're ranked 16. LeMoyne hasn't lost – and I don't even know how long, and they dropped a big one to Florida Southern, and they lost by two. Um, yeah, this is going to sound horrible. Obviously, a rival from my past, though I wasn't not obviously a fan of them, um, but being a Florida team, very cool yeah. um, and very awesome for them, happy for them, Coach Ward. Um, and they got some, they got some shooters, I guess. I mean, I literally didn't even tune into the game. I didn't even know the game was happening just because I was like, it's LeMoyne. They haven't lost games since 2019. Yeah. Like insane. I also like forgot about that. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Cause we lost the COVID year. They only played a handful of games, didn't lose. And then they went undefeated after that. Like that's ridiculous. Um, so pretty crazy. I literally was just lying in bed, like absolute bum watching Netflix and my phone buzzes. No one other than Gino giving me the inside scoop. And I was like, holy shit. I literally like sat up out of bed. I was in shock. Um, but good for them. I, I don't know. I think the SSC is kind of making some noise. Obviously, Tampa has been a powerhouse um, for many years, just not being able to kind of break the threshold when it comes to the NCAA tournament. Um, but I mean, obviously, in 2018, St. Leo, we had a run um, at Florida Tech is having an absolute year right now, um, which is awesome with new coaching staff. So that's pretty cool. Um, they only lost to Tampa by one the other day. So the SSC is making some noise, which is awesome to see. Absolutely. Um, you know, that's a good transition into the D1 games where I'm looking at it here. Doesn't make any sense. I mean, I was just watching some highlights for the Loyola Duke game. Former podcast um, member, as he was on one of our first episodes, Adam Poitras from Loyola. You know, had a couple bingos against Duke in uh, the highlights that I watched, and you know, Loyola got themselves a dub. Um, Duke's lost. I don't know. I don't know what the, the issue is, but 
they're lost. They're, they're can't find their way as a, as a team. And you know, that's what their third or fourth loss. That's kind of making people just scratch their heads about what's going on with them. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm off the do train. I, um, I was huge on them. I picked them to win it this year. I, I know their offense is absolutely stacked, but we mentioned their defense struggled and is going to struggle and they're continuing to struggle. I mean, you can only, you can only do so much scoring a ton of goals that you need to be able to stop the ball as well. So I'm not, I'm not confident in them going deep anymore. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think if they don't win the ACC tournament, I don't know if they're getting the bid to be completely honest. That might be a crazy hot take, but um, I don't know if I'd be giving them a bid in my, if I was in that kind of situation. I, yeah, I don't disagree. I think that's going to be a really hard uh, decision for whoever has to make it. And then you got Q's dropping one to Hopkins at Homewood. Um, Hopkins won by three and, you know, Q's, I'm not, I'm not sold on them either. I don't remember the last, they're two and four right now. And yet they've played like a pretty tough schedule. Um, and you know, you can make a million and one excuses, but like, eh, I'm not, I kind of was, you know, defending them that people weren't giving them a high enough ranking in like preseason and, and eating those words. Like it's, um, breakfast on a Sunday morning. Cause it's just not happening for Q's yet. Yeah, I actually got to watch that game. Um, it was on ESPNU, so I watched that while I was in New Jersey. And, yeah, I was – we said it last week. We thought that, you know, Q's was going to come in with the return of Petro and they were going to be firing and try to get that win for him. Um, but Hopkins had other plans. Um, they, they went off. Um, Josh Peshko, um, Canadian as well, went off. Um, I don't know if it's the number 51 or what, but it just produces stars. Um, but kid was just filling the net absolute monster he is a large man um so it was it, it was a good game to watch i mean close game until the end um they were able to close one out um but overall a very good game yeah i agree um you know that that's kind of the major players on sunday that had games a uh, good one st bonaventure cleveland state 11 10 um so those those teams in the what conference is that uh it's like them robert morris Oh my gosh. What's I, what's it called? It's a new conference. Um, a sun, the A sun. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, kind of making, making waves, good, good little, um, in conference competition going on right there. And then, and then Saturday crazy. I mean, Maryland is an actual wagon. They're disgusting. They beat, Albany by 18 goals. I don't know why they had their senior day like this early in the year. Also, I don't. That's different. I guess they they wanted to make sure they got a, a blowout on their senior day, so that you know no one else other than Albany, who's no slouch of a program by any means. So you know, let's go just beat them by 18 and have ourselves a good little Saturday. Yeah, Maryland is uh, not stopping. Obviously, um, we'll talk about it later, but they finally get a true, true test this weekend with Virginia. So I'm yeah. extremely excited for that because Maryland has been completely dominant. No one can hang with them at all whatsoever. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah. And then, you know, the boys at OSU kind of taking on the dub against Notre Dame. I, I've eaten my words on that. I also thought Notre Dame was going to be a wagon and haven't been impressed. They're one in three. I don't know what's going on there. I mean, um, finally, somebody was able to neutralize Justin Ignat. 
in Inacio, did I say that right? Yes, it doesn't matter. He doesn't, he doesn't give a shit. Um, you know, not not a bad day, but only 43%. And he was he tied with the um the Notre Dame guys. So first time all year that's been able to happen. Uh, but they were still able to get the dub um in pretty um you know dominant fashion by three goals. Um and, and they were up up big um in, in the end. But yeah, I think Myers, I think Ohio State Ohio State's offense is very underrated. Yeah, um, they Myers got some points. Yeah, Jack Myers is disgusting. You got Jackson Reed who transitioned into the midfield now, and him on the left side with Jack Myers, like coming from X, is very scary. Yeah. Um. So I I think that there's a lot of scary things happening for them, which is awesome. And obviously, um, Manatio's an absolute animal, and obviously he got a test, but I I think he'll be all right, and I think. 90% of the time, he's going to come on top of any matchup. Yeah, I mean, Jack Myers has 38 points in six games, and no yep. one's talking about this guy. That'll do. Um, crazy. But, yeah, that's a that's a big one there. Um, and then Harvard beat Michigan. I know we, we were kind of on the Michigan train. They were looking good, but Harvard kind of sealed them off with – they went by six – or five, I'm sorry, um, 14-9, but – Josh Lawada still having a day as always. Kids just actually gross. Um, you know, two and one at casual three points to add to his. Um, let's see how many he has in the season. He has like yeah, I think that points in like yeah, no, kids disgusting. Holy shit! I mean, that's that's obviously next level, and hopefully he can keep that up. But I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still on the the Michigan train. I think that. Harvard's not a bad team by any means. They've had a pretty decent year um, and we got to watch them live and I was impressed all, all sides of the ball. Um, I, I think that Michigan, honestly, they needed that. They kind of needed to get knocked off their high horse a little bit. Um, that'll kind of make show them that they're, they're not untouchable. They can be beaten. Um, yeah. But I, I still think, I think they're going to dominate still. And I think they're going to have a good finish to the season. And you never know if they could, even if they get a tough matchup in the, the NCAA tournament, I think they, they could pull out an upset. That would be someone that I would ride with on like an early upset. Fair, fair enough. Um, that that kind of caps off weekend games. Um, and then to dive into this week's games. Finally, we get a, um, a, a true test for Maryland um, against UVA. I think that's going to be a battle of the offense. Um, but like, n- <laughs> not going to lie. I think there's going to be 40 goals scored in between both teams. Um, I don't think either defense is going to be able to hang with either one of those offenses. Just gross. Definitely a must-watch game uh, at three o'clock on Saturday. Um, I'm curious to see who who wins that. I don't, I don't even I don't have an intelligent answer as who I think is going to win. I think it's a I have, I, I have Maryland 100. percent I am so confident. I I I just don't think that <laughs> there's a way. Obviously, Virginia back-to-back champs. They're playing a phenomenal season so far but i have not seen any any holes or any mistakes from maryland yet in my opinion um i i really think that virginia is phenomenal but i really just think that maryland has too many weapons um all over the field um i think maryland wins by three all right fair all right fair enough uh i think princeton penn is going to be another absolute barn burner 
Um, Princeton beat Rutgers, and Rutgers was in some polls as high as three. Um, and Princeton beat them this past weekend. And Penn um, is also having a killer year. They're top 10. The Ivy Leagues are back. I think that it's, you know, they had two years of just practice, um, you know, with COVID kind of throwing a monkey wrench. And then, and then last year, um, not being able to play. They're, they're coming out with uh, a fire lit under their butts, and, and they're all, all I mean, top to bottom. Even Dartmouth is having a pretty solid year, and, and they're not traditionally the greatest. Um, or they're all just having a great year. So I think that's going to be a good game. I think Penn's going to come out on top. Um, Sam Handley is disgusting. If you haven't had a chance to watch him play yet, it's actually sick. The guy is a behemoth of a human, and he's got phenomenal stick skills. Yeah, I've been very impressed with Penn so far. Um, I, I, I also obviously just repeating what you said, Ivies have been great all year, all around. I haven't seen anything I haven't liked from any of them. Um, so good to see them back, um, in the mix and actually making some noise again. Um, rightfully so they deserve it. Um, they're not, they're not only academic weapons. They're also weapons on the field as well. Um, so good and happy for them that they finally get to show that. Yeah, I agree. And then another Ivy on Ivy matchup, um, Cornell Yale again. I mean, Cornell beat um, Ohio State last week. Had some some big wins throughout the year, and and Yale's also having a, a very solid year. They play at twelve on Saturday. Um, I think that's going to be a really good game. So two Ivy League matchups that I think are are going to be very high level across. And I'm curious to see. I think that could shake up the polls. Uh, based on the results of, of that game, th- those two games, I should say. Um, but I'm, I'm taking Cornell on that one. I think that their offense is, is very, go- very good, um, at top to bottom. Yep, I'm rolling with Cornell too. CJ Curse, animal. Guy's playing very well. Very – or actually, no, that's not CJ. That's just uh, – that's the other one. I forget. There's there's, there's so many curse, but they're they're both killing it as well. So <laughs> shout I, out both of them. And I think um, – I think. Uh, T.D. Ireland's brother is their goalie, too. Um, oh, really? Yeah, Chase Ireland, or Ireland, mm-hmm. however you say it. Pretty sure he's their starting goalie. Um, cool. And then another game that I think is going to be sneaky good, Syracuse Stony Brook. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sold on Syracuse. I think Stony Brook's um, been playing pretty solid all year. Um I'm just going to pull up some of their scores. And I don't – Is that, is I, is I that think, game on the island? Um, it is at Stony Brook, yeah. If it's or, at Stony Brook, yeah. I would love to take that underdog bet. I would be – I would love to see what that line is. I mean, um, listen, listen to their scores. They beat Robert, Robert Morris. They beat Fairfield. They beat St. John's, beat LIU. They lost to Rutgers by one. Round by three and then beat UMass Hole. So I haven't had any crazy tests outside of Rutgers. And Rutgers has had a, a great year. They only lost to Princeton. Um, but they beat Army, who also beat Cuse. So, I mean, got a lot of pieces that are kind of going there. Like, if this, this, you know, that should make, make it seem like the math adds up. So I'm, I'm curious to see how um, Cuse is able to handle – Ah, uh, Stony Brook. I, I'd love yeah. to. I actually pulled up uh, the DraftKings odds, um, and the spread is obviously Syracuse is the favorite, which is okay. Um, yeah. But the, the odds are set. The spread is set at 
minus two and a half for Syracuse. Um, so they know it's going to be a close game. So Vegas isn't stupid. Fair. Um, and if you went straight up for Stony Brook, it's plus 220. I don't think that's a horrible take. Um, I think that that could be um, a little a little bit of money. I wouldn't call it free money, but I would call it a very good money play. Yeah. Um, in my in, in my personal opinion. Yeah, I think that's gonna be. I think that's gonna be a game. You're all in Stony Brook too. Yeah, I'm all in on Stony Brook. The boys are firing. A couple, um, couple good Ontario boys there that are firing. Good deal. Uh, and then I think Ohio State Denver on Sunday is gonna be like the cap of of really good games. North Carolina plays High Point. I'm um, I'm I'm rolling North Carolina big there, but I think Ohio State Denver is gonna be a good solid game. Denver only lost to Yale by three over the weekend. Um, and they've kind of been trying to find their way. They've been keeping, they haven't been blown out by any team. They've been keeping close with a lot of very good teams. Um, and I think that that's going to be a one, two goal game in either direction. Um, and I, I think that'll be a, probably the best game on Sunday. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I'm very excited to watch, um, all games this weekend. Um, but I think Sunday could be a sleeper day. I think um, a little hungover on the couch Sunday. I could definitely tune into those. I don't think that would be the worst Sunday of all time. Uh, yeah, honestly, think of a lot worse things to do. Um, but that's that's kind of my my take on the games for um, for Sunday. And then you know, obviously the to cap it all off, St. Leo plays Frostburg, Maryland, Maryland team coming down to the Sunshine State. Not going to know what hit them when they play on on Sunday. Um, hey, don't don't sleep on Frostburg. I've I've been talking about Frostburg um, since they became a program. I mean, the only Division two program, men's and women's, um, for lacrosse in Maryland. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, right. So that was a huge huge addition for them because there is so much lacrosse talent in Maryland. Yeah. Um, and if they want to stay in state, and obviously there's some big big time um, Division three schools there, but obviously obviously the D one programs as well, but if there's, if they kind of want to find a little middle ground and get that academic scholarship, instead of just straight academic money at the D three level, um, you can get some, probably some real good Maryland kids that are on the cusp um, of D one, but hopefully banking on St. Leo coming out on top this year. But I think within the next three years, you're going to see some, see some noise of Frostburg stake, especially in the girls game. I, I, I don't hate that take. I agree with you 100%. Uh, I think that's really well said. Um, but you know they don't know what's coming from St. Louis. Yeah, they're um, they're coming they're coming to the to University Turf Stadium um, on a hot sunny Sunday afternoon. There's no way. There's literally no way. I'd bet the house if I could. Uh, I was actually just talking about this, but my freshman year, your junior year, we played at Delphi, um, and they were like number one in the nation. <laughs> and like that was just after you guys like after the national championship round, like on a high horse and we were playing at Delphi after we lost to limestone and our coach puts a thermometer on the, the like little booth thing, right. When you're coming off the, the field, like through the box and there's like a, you put a thermometer in, and uh, so that they would, when they were coming off the field, just see how hot it was and play a little mental, mental warfare with them. But you know, did, didn't work at all. We, we lost by like 10. Yeah, no, they definitely still pumped us, but they were also, I, I would love to give them, obviously most of those guys aren't there anymore, but I would love to give them a pat on the back because it was like a thousand degrees and like they were like half their team was dying, throwing up on the bench and they still pumped us. So good for them. <laughs> good for them. <laughs> Did you guys like go out with them too? Like you saw them in Tampa after? 
Yeah, I think that was um, Adelphi that we saw because I remember there was a northern team that we saw out once, and like I was like, they were like, I don't know how you guys do it every day, and we're like, yeah, it's it's fun on like Saturdays when you're sitting by the pool, but on like a Tuesday at like three in the afternoon when it's a thousand degrees out, no, it's not fun at all. Literally, um, but still on the topic of college across, we had a little fun with fantasy. Um, last week and kind of want to do it again for, for Saturday's games. Uh, I know Shan, no big deal, finished 12th overall um, through Inside Lacrosse's uh, fantasy league thing that they did. Um, but I'm excited for this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving what they're doing. I think it's a great concept. Um, but yeah, obviously, cheers to myself for kind of making some, some big time picks. Um, but my only critique right now that I've seen is it doesn't tell you like, how many people participated in it. So like, yeah, whoop de doo I got 12. Gino gave me a shot and said, oh, they're probably only fucking 13. Um, but I can count that high. St. Leo at least got me that kind of education. Um, but like I was scrolling down and there's like, there's definitely at least like a couple hundred people, but I'm curious like what the actual number is. Cause I was scrolling and like the page just keeps going. And like, I'm obviously not going to count them one by one. I can't count that high. St. Leo's master's program is below average. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I- I'm very curious. I wish it said like 12 out of whatever. Um, but still, I don't even care if there's a hundred people, 12 out of a hundred still fucking sick. So yeah, I should have got a trophy or something, but this week I'm going to be top five. No worries. All right. Fair enough. Well, I, I signed up and like I'm in the league now, so you, you can get one below whatever I am. All right. Fair enough. Well, since I finished so high last week, I'll go first and pat myself on the back. And so to start with my attack picks so that we're doing the Saturday picks. If anyone is trying to pick against us, if anyone wants to take on the champ um, for attack, I'm going with C curse out of Cornell, who I just jerked off about 10 minutes ago. Um, fair. And then I'm also going Ivy League, Awesome Adronic. We saw him live against Ohio State. Guy is gross um, and kind of underrated. So I think he's going to have a day um, when they play um, Brown on Saturday. Yep, I agree. Well, well, we'll snake it so you can go next if you want. Yep. Uh, for the midfield spot, I'm going to go with Graham Bundy Jr. Guy is a beast. And Georgetown's having themselves a year. And uh, on our, our podcast interview with, with Jack Rowlett, who's an assistant there, he kind of touches on what kind of a year they're having. And they're playing Utah. A little bit of a point day for, for the guys in uh, gray and blue. So I think he's going to put up numbers for me. And then for the faceoff. Whoa, I'm, whoa, settle down. Settle down. I haven't taken my midfield pick yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's relevant relax, at this point. but Yeah, yeah. So – out of the midfield, I'm going with a $2 steal um, in Bonomi out of Michigan. Um, kids been putting up numbers. He's just feeding his wad, his wad is sticking corners. It's, it's a great duo. So I, I think all day he's going to be dodging up top, left to right split, feed his wad, step down goal, points all day. Now I get to go for faceoff also first. Snake. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so I'm going with a number f- uh, $4 pick. Um, I'm taking Nazo out of Duke. Um, I think that Duke is going to be all over Towson. They need to come out and kind of play pissed off. Um, so I'm, I'm going with Nazo on Duke. All right. Uh, I don't really know this guy, so sorry, brother, if you, if you watch, but just needed a cheap pick. Uh, so going with the guy from Stony Brook, something Conlon, uh, a little $2 steal. I think he's, 
honestly can't even <laughs> give an intelligent answer because I don't know anything about him, but he's going to have a day against Q's. Fair enough. All right. Do you get you get to go next, Snake? Um, defense. I'm going to go with the Notre Dame D-mid, Jay Reynolds. Um, just going for the cheap guy right here because I want to save my money for my goalie and flex guy. So going to go with the All right. pick, Jay Reynolds. Well, defense, um, I took him last week. Absolutely led me in points. Um, so I'm going to roll with him again. We're going to go with Bowen out of Georgetown. Um, again, like Gino mentioned, we had a good interview that you guys will get to hear a little bit shortly um, with assistant coach Jack Rowlett. Um, and he was kind of telling us a little bit about his defense and kind of how they've been rolling. So I, I'm, I'm rolling with him. Um, hopefully he can get maybe on the score sheet as well with a bingo or two. Yeah, uh, I think that's a good pick. That guy's a stud. At $4 is also absurd. That Utah guy I've never even heard of. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I definitely think that that is a steal. Right when I saw his name, I literally didn't even look at the price. I just clicked it because I was like, he's firing. He killed it for me last week. All right. All you with the goalie. All me with the goalie. I will be going with Mike Adler out of Duke. Good um, I think that Duke is going to win that game over Towson. Um, I think they're going to have a decent – Towson's still going to get a decent amount of looks at the net, so I think he's going to put up some decent points in regards to getting some saves. Um, and maybe uh, he's pretty active, so maybe he can get me like a GB next to the crease, get me some points there. Oh, yeah. um, maybe maybe a cause turnover. That'd be cool. Um, so, so I'm going with Adler. All right, fair enough. Um, kind of putting my money in the goalie and flex guy. So I'm going with Patrick Birkinshaw out of Penn. I think he's going to have a day. I think it's going to be a battle of the offenses with Princeton and Penn. So um, – I think, I think he's going to see a lot of shots and, and make a lot of saves. So all in on the Virginia transfer and Patrick Birkinshaw. All right. Well, last pick, what do you got for your flex? Brendan Nickturn. I think this guy's actually a beast. I think he's going to be a very, very um, tough decision to pick against him for the Tawaraton. I think, I think um, it will be um, Schellenberger right now, but I think he's top three. I think he's had a hell of a year. Um, they play Lehigh, so a bit of a point day for, for him. Um, and I'm actually very excited to watch him continue his senior year and where he gets drafted um, after this year because the kid's a beast. He has 46 points in seven games. Disgusting. Yeah, I agree. He, he's an animal out there. And um, I, I didn't have enough budget left to pick him, and you picked him anyways. So I only had a dollar left, so – um, but again, not a slouch of a pick. Um, I believe it's a Gergar out of Penn. Um, got, I picked him last week actually, and he had a really good week and I think Penn's going to come on top over Princeton. Um, so he's been a big piece of their offense as well. So I, I'm, I'm taking him and I'm rolling with Penn over Princeton. All right. Fair enough. Um, that kind of wraps up those picks. I actually really enjoy the, the fantasy aspect of it. Um, and definitely pumped to see these games this week. Um, definitely going to have to make my way over to Mr. Shan's apartment for that Maryland UVA game. And we can kind of get rowdy and watch that game on Saturday. Um, so pumped for that, but kind of round off this week's um, podcast. 
Um, we got an awesome interview with Jack Rowlett. Shout out CJ Stoll, St. Leo alumni, Mount St. Mary's alumni, all around great dude hooking us up with this um, with this interview. Jack was a great dude to talk to and one of the best players in the PLL and you know the best defender in my eyes um, playing the game right now and just super knowledgeable, very well spoken, and it's a great interview. Yeah, phenomenal interview. Lots of lots of fun talking with him. Um, and kind of learning his story and how he got introduced to lacrosse. Um, and also, um, feel free to check out um, our Instagram. We got a giveaway going right now with one of our sponsors, Quench Gum. Um, pretty cool opportunity to get your hands on some Sticks and Stones merch, as well as some free Quench Gum, which is absolutely delicious. Gino's favorite flavor is lemon. Um, <laughs> I would say mine is probably fruit punch. Um, so I would definitely get on Instagram, share that, comment and tag your friends. Um, but other than that, I hope you enjoy our, your interview. Um, and we will see you guys next week. Have a good weekend. This interview is brought to you by quench gum. The new and improved quench electrolyte sports gum is packed with electrolytes and bursting with flavor. It acts fast to quench your thirst and help with dry mouth. Quench gives you the edge to reach your next peak. Click the link in our bio and use promo code stones 20 for 20% off your order. All right, Sticks and Stones fans, today's guest, he is from Burke, Virginia. He played for Team USA U19 and played his college years at UNC, where he was an all-ACC member, a two-time All-American, and won a national championship in 2016. He was drafted seventh overall in the PLL draft in 2019, won a championship with Chaos Lacrosse Club, and was a finalist for the Dave Petromal Award as a number one defenseman in the tournament. He is currently an assistant coach at Georgetown University. Welcome, Jack Rowlett. What's up, man? Thanks for coming on. Appreciate you guys for having me. Looking forward to it. It should be a good time. Sure. If you want to kind of get uh, rolling a bit and kind of talk to us, um, for those who don't know your whole backstory, give us a little rundown of kind of how you got introduced to lacrosse um, and take us to kind of where you are today. Yeah, no, so I was, I was pretty late into like sports in general. I mean, like, you know, you hear most kids like either one play lacrosse in like second grade or like start doing stuff in kindergarten. I didn't, I didn't play any sports until sixth grade. That was the first time my parents let me do like anything real contact wise. So, you know, first time playing sports, I did like the football, basketball, very generic, whatever played basketball. And one of my assistant coaches was like, Hey, are you doing anything in the spring? I had no plans. My parents, you know, didn't have me signed up for anything. Um, like, he's like, do you want to come out? We're doing just a bunch of lacrosse clinics. It wasn't even gonna be a real season. It was like, we're just going to do lacrosse clinics once a week. Um, if you want to get like, see if you like the game or not. So sure enough, went out. Um, I actually, the, so the first day I was there, they told me, all right, you'll play defense for today. And then when you come next week, you'll play offense. Um, I didn't end up coming the second week. My family had plans, so I actually never got even to try to play offense. So I've literally played defense. It's my first day of lacrosse practice ever. Um, but yeah, no, I just did a bunch of clinics all in sixth grade. Seventh grade, I joined like a real team, um, like like Braddock Road Youth Lacrosse is like our in our area. Um, played that for two years. And then, yeah, I went on to play in high school for uh, Robinson locally in Burke. That's awesome. And then, you know, talk us through the recruiting process. What was that like? And what, what made you choose Coach Breshi at UNC and – um, you know, those, those days at North Carolina. Yeah, no. So, I mean, at the time when coach Breshi offered me, that was, you know, I was pretty late. I was the last kid committed to my class at UNC. 
And UNC was the only offer that I had had at the time. I, you know, I didn't have before then any real looks from anywhere. I actually visited Virginia and Coach Starja told me that he was just kind of doing this as a favor for being in state and they weren't actually going to recruit me. So that was kind of a, that was tough to hear. Um, <laughs> so now Coach Bresci invited me down. Um, I went on like, a, it was a really nice day in probably February of my sophomore year, you know, I was when kids were committing like, you know, eighth grade, freshman year, all that stuff. So this was pretty late relatively. Um, went down, loved it, had a great time and uh, not committed probably like a week after. Uh, I ended up later on getting some kind of sporadic interest from like Albany and some other smaller schools. But uh, no, I mean, at, at the time that was kind of just like a home run. One of my like little league best friends played all youth lacrosse with him play on the same travel team he lived like literally less than a quarter mile he was also committed to unc at the time his name was ryan o'connor he went to paul sick and uh played midfield um so you know when i had a chance to go play with like one of my best friends like we ended up rooming together all four years anyway it was it was the easiest answer ever as soon as you know they said that i had a spot you know and they wanted to recruit me i guess yeah i mean obviously it was a pretty good decision um, ended up having an awesome run at UNC and took you into kind of your pro career. But give us a little rundown of kind of how your year in 2016 went, um, like how it started. You guys weren't going crazy. And then it kind of just the, the wheels started spinning and the year kind of ended on a high note. Yeah, no, 20, 2016 was definitely was definitely a crazy one. I mean, we, we lost to D2 Limestone, I think through D2. Yeah, two yeah. Lines. We lost to them in a scrimmage in the really? spring. Yeah, they beat us like 12-8 or something. Like, very clean. Like, we played the starters like, basically the whole game. Like, clean, <laughs> they beat us. So, like, I was a little like, I don't know how we're going to do. I think we started three and three, and there's, like, a people, they, like, they'll talk about ESPN occasionally, like, a big team meeting after we like, lost to UMass that kind of, like, supposedly like, reset our season. I wasn't there. I actually broke my ribs in that game. So I was in the hospital while they were getting absolutely screamed at for just losing and playing poorly. Had this like whole big emotional, like multiple hour meeting, missing the entire thing. I came back and there was only two, a junior and a senior sitting in the room, both crying. When I came in, I won't expose who they were, but they were both in tears when I came back in. And I just was like, I had no idea what's going on. So I grabbed my food, went to my room, and my roommate kind of explained to me, yeah, we, yeah, we just kind of got yelled at for like the last couple hours for like not playing well. Like, every, like anybody could air out anything they wanted. So that was kind of like what I would consider the turning point. Um, I think we ended up like either being tied for the ACC regular season or winning the ACC regular season. We were like 3-1 and one in ACC play. So we beat some pretty decent teams, even though we had some bad losses. And uh, first round ACC tournament, we played Syracuse in Georgia. Got beat so bad, we didn't stay at the hotel that night. Coach Bresch just got us on the bus and drove us like five hours from Atlanta or Kennesaw, Georgia to Chapel Hill. So, yeah, got smoked. Um, literally had no clue. Like, normally, normally, I think coaches have an idea if you, they talk to enough people if they're going to make the tournament. Like, they can ask around and be like, you know, what do you think? Like blah, blah, blah. Uh, Coach Bresci, I think, had no clue. Like, I think he was very much like, I don't know what's going to happen. We ended up getting in. We were in our uh, film room. Whole Everybody goes wild. And it's basically like, look, fellas, nothing like 
all of that wiped out the window. No, we ended up getting sent to Marquette. We played them like early May, like I want to say like May 4th or something. Snow, 30 degrees blizzard in Marquette. Ended up beating them by one goal getting out. They won the Big East that year. They, were, they got like a bunch of guys that play pro, like Liam Burns, Jake Richards was on that team. Noah Richards' little brother, uh, BJ Grill. Like they had a stack. They were very good. Uh, what's it? Yeah, not beat them. End up um, playing Notre Dame. You know, that's always a rivalry game. So that literally could go any either way. Beat them in the uh, quarterfinals. Final four, you know. Loyola had Towson and upset Denver and then Loyola beat them. So, like, that wasn't who we necessarily were expecting to play. If you looked at it by just the seeds, but mm-hmm. not played Loyola. Thank goodness Pat Spencer was only a freshman at the time. And, uh, <laughs> And yeah, now they got Maryland in the finals. I mean, everybody on our team says it. You know, if we play Maryland 10 times that year, we win one. But we, we got the one that day. Like, we just, you know, I think on that day, no one was, no one could have beaten us. Like, we, everything, you know, things didn't go for us, things went for us, but we you know, ultimately found a way. Very exciting. Yeah, I can only imagine the, the locker room after that game. I mean, um, kind of. We, we asked this question to, to all our guests, but get in as much detail as you want. But best best game you've been a part of that led to the, the best post game. Um, like I said, so as much detail I'll, as you want. I'll, and I'll, I'll give the I'll give you two because like obviously the national championship like that's a no brainer. Honestly, yeah. the parking lot with our parents for like we were getting on it. We had a flight, so like we we were chilling for a while. The parking lot afterwards was ridiculous i think that was actually maybe the first time my parents had ever seen me drink a beer was in the parking lot after that show. my dad was loving it my mom was appalled so, went both ways like that just like initial instant like celebration because there was alumni there like you know when you get back to carolina it was all it was obviously a great time but just having like all of your parents all of your friends that came all the alumni like that was even more special that we got to spend an hour or two with those guys because, I, I mean, it was just literally a parking lot full of everybody. You, you want to talk to everybody. You want to celebrate with everybody. So, no, that was fun. And the other one I will say is my sophomore year, we went out and beat Denver in Denver when they were ranked number one at the time. I think we moved to, like, we might have been, like, 4-0 or something. Like, we were, like, that was a really good win for us at that point. I remember we flew back really late and we only had like two hours on Saturday to like just like hang out with the lacrosse house not even make it to a bar or a frat or you know wherever you go but our, I remember our captains texted at like 7 a.m on Sunday hey guys we're not going to count that as our post-game celebration you get Sunday up until like three o'clock they said so then it was all of a sudden like wow you didn't expect that so Everybody went back to the cross house. And I remember that was like almost like a race against time. Just like you knew you had a cap of like, all right, stop at this point. Everyone go eat a big dinner, go to bed early. Like, let's be ready to go. Cause like, obviously they wanted to keep practice at a good level. But I remember that Sunday just was like, you couldn't find one guy in a bad mood. Everyone was like, this is the greatest thing ever. It was unexpected. It kind of like hit you by surprise, which is like almost more fun sometimes. No, that's, <laughs> that's so true. Um, I, I, Obviously, didn't have the same national championship experience when I played in it. Um, first off, being Division Two, but second off, um, we lost in the national championship by a lot of goals. 
Um, but we won't talk about that, but I agree. Like just after in the parking lot, even losing, like just seeing all the people there that came to support you, friends, family, alumni, it's just a different like feeling. I'm sure winning and seeing all those people, like, I don't even know if I would have been able to speak. So I, I get that. And then like the Sundays, yeah, those creep up on you. Like we've, we've had a couple of those where it's just like, we wake up and everyone's like, let's just, let's bring it into the next day. And it just happens. And then, yeah, it's, it sucks. Cause you do have to shut it down because Monday at 8am it's back to work, but it's, it's, it's worth it. It, it. it adds up. And it's, those are the type of memories that you love. I mean, it's funny. You said that I, there is something to be said about seasons. I mean, like what, what obviously only one team ends on the season on a good notes. Right. But like the seasons you lose, like the last game of the year, like, that last it's really like the last time all your boys will go out together like that isn't very underrated I don't know if it's fun but like I always feel like those are nights I remember like I have a good night on those nights because it's just like you want to enjoy the moment you want to be there it's like it's I, I appreciate you saying that it's definitely a I think underrated um I guess post game yeah it's obviously like terrible it's like it was crazy up- yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> it's so upsetting, but like, it just, even just like being able to see like your family, like I was only a sophomore at the time. Um, so like, I still was able to go back after that, but, um, like whatever it's, it's the end of May and you're just like, now I got to go home. So you're losing like in that year, we had a huge senior class that we were all like really close with. That was our closest team probably we ever had. And it was just like something that was just out of a book. I mean, you're like, Oh, I'm never going to see some of these guys again. Um, and like a lot of them, I honestly, like, I would say just under half of them, I honestly haven't seen mostly because after that it started becoming COVID and all that bullshit. So like, I've only had one alumni game since then. Um, so it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, but I agree. It's, it's a different kind of like enjoyment. Yes, totally. totally. Um, <laughs> speaking of COVID, the Snapchat memories just came up on my phone yesterday or two days ago or something like that from after the season got canceled and it just triggered some crazy <laughs> yeah that was actually i actually was going to mention that too because 2020 was my senior year and i actually um we when we finally got like the text whatever um that like we weren't playing anymore like literally i think within like i didn't even hit me it was just straight in shock and i was like all right like what are we doing like where where are the boys hanging out like what are we doing let's let's all hang out together and be together because everyone's going to be hopping on flights and getting out of here in the next like week so i was like what are we doing and we went straight to straight to the local watering hole. And I, I saw a bunch of Snapchat memories where I was like, holy shit, like the boys just fired that night. And there was obviously some emotions. And, but again, I, that's another night too, that I'll, I'll remember for the rest of my life, obviously, even though it was upsetting for sure. Um, all right. Um, kind of transitioning into, into your pro career. Um, you know, when you first got drafted, did you, you know, intend on making your career? I, I, I guess I should back up and say, you know, your senior year of college, were you anticipating going into the pros? And, and now that you're having, you know, a, a hell of a career in the pros um, and tra- like transitioning your life to being, you know, a college lacrosse coach and now a pro lacrosse player, um, is that what you were expecting, you know, May, your senior year? I, I knew I wanted to coach lacrosse, definitely. I knew I wanted to coach lacrosse college. Um, I actually had heard some, some like mumblings about the PLL, like right before it happened. My, uh, my D quarter my senior year was Kevin Understein, who played pro for a long time, just yeah. retired. He was on the Alice in the Redwood. So, you know, he, he kind of mentioned, he was like, yeah, you know, like there's going to be a new pro league coming. Like it's going to be really good for you guys. Like he's like, just like pay attention. Like some stuff will be coming out. So, you know, 
when he said that, you know, he was like, you guys might be able to like make it work long term. You know, that was obviously awesome to hear. And then when they did all the marketing and all the posts and you kind of see all that stuff. Um, and, the, you know, the way they pitched it to you was that, you know, they're going to hopefully be, be able to pay you enough where you know, that and coaching or, you know, you get something else on the side, you know, you can make it work definitely. So, no, I definitely was looking, I was hoping to get a chance to play pro. Um, when I got drafted, actually, Coach Bresci told me, as soon as I walked in the locker room, he, the next day, he was like, you're an Andy Towers guy. You're going to love Andy Towers. Just trust me on that. And I didn't really know what he meant, but now I get it. And I'm like, you're right. I love him. That's the, was, you know, glad that was the team I ended up going with. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned him, give us, give us some more insight on him. Obviously the cameras only see so much, but he is, he's an animal. Like he just looks like a character, great guy, obviously a great coach coaching a championship team, but give us some more insight on him. It's never turned on just for the cameras. Like that's just like what you see is like just a like small, small, small portion. Like what I've learned is he doesn't, understand just dapping someone up like he doesn't get that it's a dap <laughs> to a aggressive elbow into your chest to the point where i won't stand in the huddle anymore if you watch i will 100 percent be on the perimeter because then he after the break you just dap up elbow dap up elbow before like ask any guy on our team it hurts to the point where you feel it for like a couple minutes he is full speed all of the time like Literally, he, he has some sort of quote. Which I, I, I'm not going to be able to get it correctly. But basically, he's like, you know, my, my strengths are my uh, willingness to go with anything. And my weaknesses are not being able to say no. It's like, literally, he is just yes to everything. He wants to be involved. You know, he wants to know about every single portion of your life. You know, he's like one of the best conversationalists I've ever met. Like, literally, we'll just talk to you all day long about all sorts of different topics. You know, he is, again, everything you see is 100% true to him yeah i mean i've never heard i've never heard like a bad thing about him i've seen obviously i only see the minimum camera stuff but obviously never heard a bad thing about him um and good to know that he's a conversationalist i gotta maybe i gotta send that guy a dm and try to get him chatting on the boys i, I bet if you dm him he'll he'll talk to you sounds good like, to me. like literally like he if you look at his twitter he literally responds to every person that responds to him he just gets right back to him like he just he's constant full speed <laughs> love that love that. yeah definitely definitely keeping that in the back of mind um i mean you know still on the topic of the pll i mean covid bubble you guys um make it to the the championship and lose to the whips and then this year you know come back and, and you guys are on top talk us through you know what he said and, and what you guys were able to do as a team um to band back together this year and and put on a run yeah, you know, I, I don't think our team ever lacked talent. You know, we always had guys that could play all over the place. You know, some of the most talented. I think we have the most skilled team in the world, just in terms of, like, if you just took everyone by themselves on an empty net and said, impress me, you know, we have the guys that can do that better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. um, what we lacked and what a lot of other teams had was, like, they, they played for each other. They had brothers on that team. They had so much just experience and, like, relationship where it came easy to play for the guy next to you. You know, you weren't thinking about, oh, I need to get a point so I won't get cut next week. You know, I need to have a takeaway or, you know, I need to be playing differently than I would just best the team. And I think, you know, last two years, Coach Towers has done a great job of just like finding 
the group of guys that enjoys being with each other the best and just running with them and giving them free reign to do anything they see fit on the field. I mean, you see guys like Josh trying all sorts of different shots. You know, Coach Towers give, does not care at all about my penalties. Like, he wants me to go out, play as hard as I can. He's like, look, we're not going to slide you. You're going to be on an island. He's like, if you foul them twice and they have no goal, I think you win that matchup. So, you know, that's kind of the – I mean, that's the type of coach you want to play for. And, again, mm-hmm. the last couple of years he's found a group and a roster and a way of going about, like, our team that uh, is, you know, giving us a lot of confidence and allowing us to play well. That's awesome. And you guys have, like, a very Canadian rostered um, – has that, you know, I mean, you played with, you played with some Canadians at UNC. Is that, I know those guys, especially, especially Matt, guys from Whippy, can be hard to get along with sometimes. <laughs> is that, uh, uh, I mean, they're, they're all great. I mean, like, yeah. we literally have the entire Bandits roster now that Tahoka's on the team. So, you know, those guys, they, they don't even, like, it, it's almost like you just join their locker room when you're in there. Like, they have all the jokes already. Like, they have all the inside jokes. So they, like, it's so lighthearted because they're so comfortable around each other that it makes it really easy to join. I mean, then you add guys like Blaze, Austin, Cow. I mean, those are two of the most likable guys in the league. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's uh, it's not very hard to get involved. I mean, they like it's just, you know, it's not very clicky. Like guys don't go, you don't eat by themselves. Like guys are constantly texting in the group on weekends. Like you know, who's trying to do things? Let's get together. Let's get food. Like let's hang out, watch games, move it. You know, whatever they are doing they make sure to include everybody else on and i think that has also been a big kind of role in our team kind of coming together is like there are so many of those guys that are all so tight already that they could just hang out by themselves and they would never really even think about it otherwise but you know josh dane chase you know kluge um all of them ian mckay you know they do a great job of just incorporating us into kind of the group and connection they already have going yeah. Awesome. Well, f- first of all, fuck you, you know, for that trip uh, <laughs> in Canada. That's kind of messed up. Um, but, that was uh, a joke. That was a joke. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Um, <laughs> anyways, to switch it up a bit, um, some of our <laughs> scenarios that we ask um, our guys that come on the pod, um, give us, I'm sure, whatever. I, I, we've had some some pro guys that have to say some things because of paid sponsorships, but um, what is your all-time stick setup, head, mesh, and shaft? All right, this isn't what I play with. It's a version of but the old school X10, I do think was like one of the best heads of all time. I play with the X20 now. I think the X10 was probably better. I think it was a little bit flatter. Um, I thought, I mean, I, that's what I play with my entire, my entire like childhood growing up naturally. Uh, I'll say the X10 and then shaft wise, now it's, days it's literally as long as it's like one of those composite shafts and not a metal one it doesn't matter what it is for like the metal shafts will bend so quick i feel like i go through one every single game where like the composite ones you know one might break every four or five games but still that's just better off for the way where i'm at right now so yeah that's kind of a cop-out answer but no, I don't think I don't think that's bad. I think I think a lot of you guys probably agree with that, especially like if you're hard hitting and guys are like, especially at the pro level, these guys are running with their shoulders down at you full speed. Like those metal shafts don't stand a chance. Like there's no way that you can make them that they can withhold Miles um, Jones running full speed downhill at you. Like there's just no way. Yeah, no, exactly. Like 
if I tried to like meet Zed at GLE, like I, my, that thing's gonna bend and like completely like morph around him at that point. That wouldn't be. I got no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next next scenario we got for you. Um, over all the years that you've played um, through college um, and into the pros, um, if you're in overtime, you have to make a stop on man down. Who is on man down with you, and you have to be out there, including goalie. I can add like different guys from every year. Yeah, anyone that you have played with. Okay, uh, Brody Merrill, gotta be on that. He, I mean, that that man is just he's unbelievable. Um, I'll put Austin Pafani. I play with him in at UNC for ever and ever. He's he's also like one of my best friends. He plays. He still plays. Um, boom. Those two. I will say uh, sneaky one. People might not get this. Jake Peden. He was a senior, my senior year from Philly. He started D with me my entire senior year. And we kind of rotated that third D guy, but like me and him were just kind of like the staples down there. So I got a lot of just a lot of time next to him. And so the four. Yeah, it's four D guys. And then uh short stick, I'll give it to Glick. I'll give it to Glassini. I mean, the, the dude has saved a couple games in overtime in the fourth quarter blocking shots, like three or four games. So, you know, you got to have a guy like that out there. And then who's in that? You got Blazer? Yeah, I got Blazer, obviously. Got to give it to Blazer. Fair enough. I love Brian Balkum. I love Alex Basile, my two college goalies. Love them both. They know that. They would get mad at me if I didn't say Blaze there. They're yeah, fans. I, I agree. It's hard, it's hard to vote against that guy. <laughs> Yeah, no, Blazers easy. Um, and then you know, kind of to to hop hop around here, but I want to like dive into your perspective and how it's changed as you know a coach and you know how that you take what you're you're saying to to college kids at, at Georgetown and obviously it's working as you guys are having a hell of a season and I'm hoping you guys make a run. But how has that changed your perspective as a player? Yeah, so it's what I've learned is it doesn't matter if. I explain it in a way I understand. I have to be able to explain it in like sometimes like seven or eight different ways. So seven or eight different guys understand what we're trying to do defensively. Like, you know, I'm somebody that needs a whiteboard. If you draw something on a whiteboard, I can understand that and go out and do it. You know, some guys really need to like walk through scenarios and like kind of get their reps that way. Um, some guys can just hear it and go, you know, out there and do it. And, you know, if you're on a whiteboard, they might get confused on what I'm talking about. So just I've had to grow just the way I explain things defensively. Um, I've also like, you know, I took probably a hundred face-offs in college. I've been coaching face-offs now. So like that's been very new to me. I've learned, I've been on so many Zooms with like face-off guys trying to like learn how to do it. Like just be able to coach it better and explain that. So no, yeah, I, I would just say mostly it's just, you know, it doesn't matter if I understand it. I have to be able to explain it in a way that, you know, six different guys can understand and they might all learn that differently. Yeah, that's definitely something that's hard. I mean, I, I think you mentioned that you said like you throughout college, you knew you wanted to coach, um, especially at the college level. Um, but I, that was something for me, too, that I even when I was playing, I, I loved to play and I obviously I, I definitely miss it. Um, but I think I always knew that, like, I had a true love for just coaching and I wish I mean, my, I'm still young, so I never know. I might get into the college game eventually. But I think I always knew that I wanted to continue to coach, even if I wasn't going to be able to play. Just one, to stay involved in the game. And two, I think, like, the art of, like, 
having a good coach and kind of, I was very lucky to have extremely good coaching throughout my young career. And then especially in college as well. Um, so I think I wanted to kind of just be that mentor um, for kids that I was able to have and kind of bring that to a state in Florida. That's not as big in lacrosse yet. Um, so yeah, like you said, you always wanted to coach. Like when did that start? I mean, I, I what I was going to say is I think I've just had so many, like some of the most influential people in my life have been coaches. Like, you know, whether it's a high school football coach even, or a, you know, or obviously like my college coaches have been like unbelievable. Like Mets Bauer, the offensive coordinator at UNC, you know, he was there all four years for, uh, that I was there. He, yeah, he, he's, I still talk to him weekly just about everything, lacrosse, life, whatever. And then, you know, my senior year, Kevin Understein, my D quarter, like, I grew unbelievably close to him just as a person. Like he helped me out with just anything I had going on in life. He was just someone that constantly checked in with me. So I think I've just had so many great coaches, one, and then two, just loving lacrosse and like wanting to stay in it, that it, it's very, it was a very easy choice. You know, like you kind of said it, like being able to, being able to work with the kid and then one, see him like one, understand a concept. That's great. But like two, like being able to just see like, damn, like this kid, I like, it's very easy to tell like when you have guys that are normally energy guys at practice that come and they're like quiet for three days in a row it's like all right what's going on man like we should talk about life like like how are you like what you know? stuff like that i also find very fun very important so being able to combine both of those it's it's it makes everything about the job easy that's awesome and then why georgetown is that just because it was you know close to home or did you have like, a connection with coach warner um, not kind of, sort of. So, uh, I was living like in Arlington, Virginia, where I live right now. It's probably 15 minutes, 20 minutes from school. I was coaching. I was the head coach of a private school near me and I was teaching there at the time. I didn't love the teaching part of it. So I was like, and I knew I wanted to be at college. Uh, I had reached out to coach Warren right after I graduated. They already had a volunteer, but I was just like, I'm going to be in the area if something ever were to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I also played with Colin Monroe, who after his freshman year, or maybe after his sophomore year, he transferred to Georgetown. So I guess they had a meeting where in like January, right before the season, their volunteer got a full-time job. So he texted me like one minute after the meeting ended, like, yo, the job's open. Call Coach Warren right now before anybody else does. Like no one knows this other than you. So I literally texted him immediately. And then uh, he got back to me later that day, called him. And basically he was like, yeah, the, uh, he's like, you have to decide in two days because the season starts in like a week. So I, uh, yeah, just took, I took one day to call. I just called the place I was working, told him I wasn't going to be there anymore. And called coach Warren back. I was like, yep, I'll see you at practice. So <laughs> yeah. how, is, how is that? Like, obviously it's different kind of coming in, especially like mid season and especially like a week, technically a couple of weeks before season. Um, talk to us about that transition and kind of getting the guys, obviously they know who you are. They've been watching you on TV for the last couple of years, but kind of talk to us about how you were able to kind of get in there, kind of get them to obviously, I'm sure they obviously respect you from day one, but as a coach, I mean, you have to be able to get in there, get their respect, and then also get them to kind of trust you and trust that what you're telling them is actually going to help them and make them the best player and best person they can be. Yeah, no. So, I mean, being, I mean, I got hired at 23. So I, I wasn't that far off from all of their ages. So it was one, it was easy to connect with them. Like I like, while they were like, like I just made it a point of when they were like stretching every day, 
So like be around that talk, try to talk to every single guy like every day. If I could, even if it was just like, yo, like how would what, you do last night? Like what do you watch? TV? Like what show are you watching? Like small shit, just like be around, get involved. Like try to try to figure out like who's friends with who, like grades, relationships, all that stuff like that. Um, and then like the defense, when I was coaching the D guys, that came easy. Cause I know what I'm talking about. And I can like try to explain it. Face off guys. I was honest with them day one. I was like, Fellas, I don't know everything. If you ask me a question, I might not have the answer right now, but I will come back to you with the correct answer. So I just made it a point of like, luckily, and Coach Towers, when, you know, when he played, he was a face-off guy. It was all standing neutral grip. He was very good at it. So it was very easy to text him, be like, hey, what's the answer to this question? He would fire it back to me. And then I could go the next day and be like, hey, let's try this. And so it would work majority of the time. Sometimes it wouldn't, but over time, they kind of were like, all right, you know, he's at least working to kind of figure it out. And then, again, just like trying to be overly prepared. Like just I never wanted to be in a position where like the fifth line midi runs off the bench and like I don't know who he is and he like breaks us down real quick and scores. Like that's always a bad look to be like, who is that guy? I, I don't know. So trying to be like unbelievably prepared um, has helped. And then last thing, uh, on, on the Georgetown train, uh, I mean, I don't gamble at all because that would be against the NCAA, but Shan gambles heavily. So what's the deal? Are we, we throwing the house, or I should say, is Shan throwing the house on Georgetown to win the ship this year, or, or what's the deal? Uh, I, I think you answered your own question, right? You, you can't gamble because you're a player. I can't gamble because I'm a coach. Oh, fair enough. You fair answered enough. that for me. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Actually, you know, I'm – I've eaten I've eaten my words this year so far like we keep just going like backtracking like it's been a crazy year for college across I think this is honestly like the most upsets there's been in a while um not even just regards to sports betting just in general like it's been a crazy year I I think that overall in lacrosse the the talent is going all over the place I I don't think it is now that kids are older when you're recruiting them, like, you know, they have a better sense of what they want. It's also growing in terms of where in the country. So I, I think that you'll continue to see um, schools that you might not have heard of in the last like 10 years necessarily start popping up, you know, all over the place that are having real strong programs. I mean, like, you know, I think a team like Hobart, you know, they've played, I don't know what the record is. But they've played everybody close all year long, regardless of who you are. Like a team like that, you know, I think there are a bunch of spots that are, going to continue to pop up. You know, I think that the talent is all over the list. I mean, you see the kid from, uh, from Jacksonville. I love to watch him. Uh, the Italian, uh wall bomb. Is that how you say his last name? Yeah. I mean, he, the, the tough kid. Yeah. He went to Tufts before. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think he's fantastic to watch. I mean, kids, some someone like that, for example, but, uh, but yeah, yeah Jackson, Jacksonville has been and very enjoyable to watch. I mean, they've done some cool stuff, but yeah, yeah back to you, my words, I had like, um, I, I, I had my money on Duke this year and I'm not impressed with them at all. I think it's defense lacking for them. They have the offensive pieces, but I think defensively they're hurting a little bit. Um, but yeah, I know you don't need to touch on that. Um, but, uh, to get into kind of our next aspect, um, talk to us a little bit about, um, being involved um, with team USA and then U19 back in the day as well. What year were you on U19? That was, so I played the U19 tournament. Uh, like two weeks after the national championship. Okay. So yeah, that was right after my freshman year. But the, the tryout started right after my senior high school. We went to Stevenson and played three 
three international games, 20 minutes, start, stop, clock. So we played three games a day for three days. And then there's another trial like a couple weeks later. Ultimately made the team or whatever. And yeah, it was in Coquitlam, uh, British Columbia. We stayed in Surrey, which is, I don't know if anybody's familiar with that part of Canada. Not a great spot. Like the guy at the hotel told us night one, he was like, if you go out when it's dark, go with a friend and don't go past the 7-Eleven on the corner. It was like kind of like that. Yeah, it's not. It, it was a, but I mean, that that's a one small downside. Overall, that was a great experience. Anytime you get to play for USA, I mean, it's unbelievable. Just the, the also the relationships I made there, like the amount of guys that I still stay in touch with, the amount of guys that play pro now that, you know, I see on a regular basis. I mean, I like, a good majority of them do. So, you know, it's, it's nice to just get those connections so early on and be able to keep those friendships going as long as you can. And then, you know, I had one opportunity to play in the uh, fall classic for the senior team this past fall. That was obviously, you know, getting that email or, uh, you know, phone call or whatever, extremely exciting. Anytime you even get asked to come for whatever it is. So, you know, I'm not sure when trouts are, I think potentially this summer, maybe for the, uh, I think Tormis next summer. So, uh, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Did you play in the, um, I, I, I think it would have been that game. Did you play in the scrimmage um, at OSU against the Hill? Yeah. They killed us. Yeah. I was, I was, I was on that team. Second line mid, no big deal. Yeah. Nah, <laughs> they, uh, they absolutely killed There's actually Tanner Cook's a good buddy of mine, and he has a photo on his Instagram of him beating me down the alley, and he doesn't even know it's me in the photo. It's like him at the hell verse. I, was, I told him that when he got to school. But, yeah, wow, that was an absolute beatdown. So, in that game, I scored and ran your goalie and got absolutely – Oh, that was you. <laughs> yeah, I got mauled by your D guys when I came out of that scrum. Yeah, but we needed a juice play. I had to do something to get the boys going. No, I, I get that. Yeah, that's actually funny. I um I grew up like playing against and then once I hit like junior level for box, I started playing um with Cookie. Um and then I played with him at the hill and stuff because we're from like the same town. Um but yeah, that's that's so funny. Once like I read the stuff about 2019 and I did the math, I was like, I was like, shit, I was like, Yeah, I was like, I played in that game too. I think I had a uh, two shifts, not a big deal. Um, no, <laughs> points. um I, who who was the starting goalie in that game for you guys? Probably Willie Clan. Okay, that's right. Yeah, he. Um, I thought I was. Go ahead. Sorry. Willie Clan is maybe the. I don't. I don't know if this is true or not. I'm gonna just bold take here. Best lacrosse player to play under five collegiate minutes ever. I I can definitely get behind that. That's I always forget that he didn't like get a lot of touches because he was yeah he he, he was started going on the world team played out of his mind like on, like one of the best high school goalies and then. Went to OSU, transferred to Syracuse, and then was just like could never beat out whoever the incumbent was or whatever. But uh, yeah, that's kind of a hot take, but I'll go with that. Best player to play under whatever however many minutes he played. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. He had a literal. I mean, my shot was probably going like sixty miles an hour, but I had <laughs> I had one look at the net. I, I don't. I was jogging down the alley, and I literally like perfect bound shot off stick side. I was like, this is like prime shot. Obviously, I'm not a shooter. My shot is not powerful. So I was like, all right, let's get in a good spot. Comes across literally just a perfect like windmill and like saves it. And I was like, fuck. I was, and, but then when the highlights came out and like it was a 
like super sick video. I was like, honestly, I was like, that was a sick save. Like I might actually get in on the highlights. So I was just excited about that. And then I watched the highlights and I was like, fuck, they didn't even show it. I was like, so you can't even tell that I was out there. Um, no one believes me that I even played. No, yeah, I, I remember that being one of the most embarrassed, like at the time, I think that was maybe the most, the first, like the biggest ever where I went in thinking we were going to win by a bajillion and came out being like, holy <laughs> yeah no i mean we were obviously we we weren't expecting to win either i mean obviously we we were going in just being confident like assuming you know this is gonna be a good game but like in the back of my mind i was like no like like on paper like we definitely shouldn't win this game but i was like, you know what it'll be a good game like they have some they have all studs i was like but like our starting like six on offense and like our starting 6d are like very good legit very yeah, I mean, like, we had arguably the best attackman in the world, and especially now, Jeff T. Um, yeah. So I was like, he's like, literally, he got locked off all game, and I think he still had seven points, which he did every game we played that season. Like, guy's a, guy's a god with his stick. Um, but, yeah, no, that's that's funny. But, yeah, so you got to play a little bit, too, um, in the Fall Classic, which is awesome. And then you mentioned tryouts um, coming up, too. So that's, that's awesome. I mean, obviously, anytime you get to put on your country – um country's flag it's it's pretty cool opportunity absolutely um and then kind of kind of wrap it up here what's your what's your future outlook um with the pll this year and and with you moving forward yeah no i mean uh schedule just came out today saw uh saw the games saw some of the uh potential matchups obviously they always do the championship rematch week one so the whips week one that's great. I get to think about Zed, Zed or Matt Rambo for the next, uh, you know, 90 days or whatever it is. But, uh, but no, I mean, you know, hoping to bring everybody back healthy. Um, yeah, just, you know, I, I think that – I think in this league it, it's just about, one, playing consistent, and that kind of comes from getting comfortable with each other, continuing to play. Uh, relax, and I, I think that will bring a lot of momentum into that regard. So, no, I think that the sky's the limit for, uh, for the chaos this summer. Obviously, those matchups are um, obviously insane. Um, but other than that game, what do you think now that you see the schedule? Like, what game do you have circled on your calendar that you're most excited about? And like, what matchup are you most like ready to take on? Not to call a guy out, but <laughs> no. Um... Honestly, it, it'll probably be T. The, the reason being, he he makes me think and be more disciplined, I think, than maybe anybody else in the league. Like, for example, like a guy like Zed, like I can go to that game with a general sense of I know what he's going to do most of the time. It's just whether I can stop it or not. And sometimes I can't. Um, guy like Grant, like, again, like I, I know I have an idea what his moves are. I have, I, you know, I have an understanding of what he wants to do. You know, and if I – have played good footwork. I can guard him, even though, you know, some he'll get his points for sure. But a guy like T, you know, you can, you you can't take many risks. You can't take many chances. And that for me, as a guy that wants to be uber aggressive and go and throw checks and, you know, all of that, it's, I really enjoy that matchup because it's one where I, I can't, I can't play the way I normally play. I have to play very reserved, very relaxed, you know, very consistent and smooth. You know, another guy like that would be like Lyle Thompson. You know, I if I guard him again, we play the cannons. You know, you can't you can't go and beat him up. You can't go and just try to take the ball away from him every time. 
you know, I think those guys are similar in that sense of they make me play, I guess, in a way that I don't normally play or I'm more uncomfortable playing. So I enjoy that, you know, getting that challenge, that opportunity to go kind of do that. Yeah, those are two great examples. It's like both of them, like everyone, obviously, even them, they have their tendencies, but 90% of attackmen have like two or three moves that like you can kind of study and you know what they're going to do. Obviously, they can still beat you, um, but they have their two or three go-to moves. But like a guy like Lyle and Teat as well in his own right, um, they're just so creative and so smart that whatever decision you make, they're going to have something off their head to just do to counter it. Like their IQ level and their creativity is just ridiculous. Like Jeff T like growing up, like when I played with him in high school and like even before that playing against him growing up, like he was never like this big, fast jacked guy. He was just literally the smartest person on the field, had the best stick skills and literally like just like IQ is just ridiculous. I've never played with or against someone smarter and just more poised and creative than him it's just ridiculous no no like you said i think that's a good point too it's like a lot of a lot of elite attackmen have two or three great moves and you know they can go to other things but you know they have their their moves you know like the rapinel has a question mark granamet likes taking you on the back of the cage and split dodging you back towards that side you know zed likes running up that hash right-handed you know you kind of know that like, I don't know if there's a way to stop the loud backhand. You know, he didn't take me backhand last time I guarded him. Um, I t- made it a point of making sure that I didn't give that up. But, uh, like, a guy like that, I mean, he, he can just do so much. He, 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 never, he never comes to you the same way. Same, same with T. I mean, he, he, can, he can come to you from so many different angles. And the cra- I think the crazy or the part about him or, like, the way I would explain it is, in my opinion, his – Pass, shot, and cradle all start 98% the same. It's like the same motion every time. It's just like the last little wrist flick is different. So it's like, again, you know, you might think that he's like winding up to shoot, but really that's just an exaggerated cradle to come back down and go the other way, kind of some things like that. So you just have to be, again, you, I can't play the way I want to play. I have to play the way he requires. So it's fun for that reason. That's awesome. I mean, I think that kind of puts a perfect uh, cherry on the top of this interview. And we just really appreciate you you hopping on here and telling us uh, your story. And we wish you the best of the luck uh, with, with your current season with Georgetown. And, you know, hopefully the chaos bring in another championship in the PLL. No, I, I appreciate you guys for having me. This has been fantastic. Sure, man. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate you taking some time. Um, best of luck, Georgetown. We're, we're rooting for you boys. Um, and hopefully maybe we can get you on again once summer hits and you guys are rolling. For sure. Let's do it. Sounds great.